still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom, who I was also joined through thick and thin at King's Home on Saturday, Tom. It's now Wednesday evening as we record. I think we've given ourselves just about enough time to to get over get over what was the darkest day in a long time. Yeah, to get, to get over the result, to get over the, the hangover. I certainly woke up with a, a bit of a sore head on the, on the Sunday morning. I'm not sure if that was a result of the multiple types of cider that we, we tried out down in Gloucester or the 10-try the, the hammering at the hands of Gloucester. But yeah, very, very brutal day. Sometimes make, you know, bar for a very, very difficult side to get behind and, 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 and to support, but... Here we my, are. Here we are yet again. My body hurt more than some of those Bath players on on Sunday, given the effort of some of them and, and the number of ciders I drank. So, yeah, a, a really really tough day. And I'd started to to kind of get over it and, and move on past it. It was only a game of rugby after all. And I was kindly asked to come onto BBC Radio Somerset this morning, just as I thought mm-hmm. to kind of I'd worked my way through the grief. The, the presenter, Claire, there then played out some of the, the low lights from Saturday just before my appearance. It's really put me in a fantastic mood about 8.45 <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Um, but, Tom, we have to talk about it, and, and we are going to keep this one pretty, pretty brief, I think, just because, yeah, there is obviously a lot to talk about, but nothing positive to talk about, and, 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 and maybe not loads new to talk about, Tom. But as I say, a 64-0 defeat at King's Home against the West Country derby, conceding 10 tries, obviously not scoring a point ourselves. Where, Tom, did it go so badly wrong on Saturday afternoon? Well, I think you, 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 you touched on it briefly a little bit there, G. I mean, I can, I can take it as a fan when we put everything on the line when we get beaten by the better side. And I think that's happened on a few occasions, um, particularly you know, in the, the second half of the season. What really stings, what really hurts is when you've got players out there who I think, to be honest, just gave up. You know, we, we in the first 20 minutes of the game, we obviously lost two guys to, to yellow cards, which were both unfortunate, um, Valerie Morozov and, and Max Clark. But despite playing with 14, I think when Clark came back on, we were only 7-0 down. It was then relatively even just up until the end of the first half when Gloucester then ran in two tries. And I think at that point, 24-0 down at halftime, zero points on the board, the shed and, and, and the rest of the ground starting to really get behind Gloucester. I think, to be honest, we just gave up. And um, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's pretty unforgivable, really. Um, you only have to look at Tom Dunn speaking to Stuart Hooper after the game to, to, to see that I think there's, you know, I just think a lot of players have lost faith in this, this in, the, in the club, have lost faith in the system, have lost faith in the voices there. And some of the defensive efforts that we we showed for some of the Gloucester players, tries in the second half were just simply not up to scratch. So, yeah, I think we, we you know, have to be brutally honest. I think the, the effort wasn't there at times on, 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 on Saturday compared to an incredibly hungry Gloucester side in front of a baying crowd who are obviously trying to keep their top four dreams alive. 
it was always going to be it was always going to be really difficult, wasn't it, Tom? If it started to to go wrong, because of the reasons you say there, because ultimately Bath have got absolutely nothing to play for, and I think you know a lot of them have got nothing to play for for two reasons. Firstly, there is no relegation, and whilst I think that if there was relegation, we'd still lose comfortably to Gloucester, and we'd absolutely deserve to go down, but it wouldn't have got as out of hand as it as it did in that second half. And I think also because some of those players are not going to be here next season. And for them to even be playing, I think is wrong. But for them, for some of them to put in the effort and the commitment that, that they showed on Saturday is is just very, very unacceptable. And, I, you know, I, I keep that PC. I was not keeping that PC on, on Saturday evening, as, as you well know, Tom. You know, a few of them and, and, and everybody knows who they are. We're just not at the races. And if you go into a game against a hungry, better side at home with everything to play for, and you're ultimately playing it with, what, 11 men, 11 committed players, you've got absolutely no chance. And, and that's what we saw. And I think we also saw, Tom, a team so lacking in confidence, the players that, that, that kind of are going to be here and, and, and we can still build around a few of them are so lacking in confidence and the inability of anybody within that system, be that the captain, the coach, the director of rugby, anybody within that system to give them any confidence has been completely lacking all season. And yeah, that, that once it started to go wrong, it just spiraled because of, because of those reasons. Yeah, I completely agree. And the, the, the lack of defence, the leakiness, particularly in the, the second half has been something that we've seen all season, really. I think the stat is, G, that we've conceded 40 points or more 13 times this season across all competitions. And we've been speaking about the lack of any defensive structure, defensive coaching on this podcast for, um, you know, months and months before uh, Griffiths went in and, and, and identified exactly that. And obviously that's going to change that, that, that particular element, hopefully will be addressed next season. But I think as well, you layer on the fact that we have been showing signs of improvement over the last last few months. And you you kind of felt like, yes, we're still bottom of the table. We could end up 12th or 11th in the table. This season will still be a write-off. But you felt like we were starting to build a little bit of momentum. And you felt like it was starting to look a little bit rosier ahead of ahead of ahead of next season. But to 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 concede 64 points to to be nilled in the oldest Derby fixture in the league at Gloucester is is so painful, and you you know you've always got to stick behind your your your, your team. But they're they're you know being there, being in the sheds, and we can come on to come on to that. But it it sometimes is very hard to 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 defend your team when when when, when that's happening. And I, I agree with you on on selection. And to be fair to you, you've been saying this for weeks. But I remember one moment watching the warm-up before the, the game and Max Ajomo there with the bib on, kicking the ball back. Uh, Max Clark obviously starting in the 13 shirt and has been for the last few weeks. Ajomo not even on the bench, despite being one of the players of the season, the player of the season according to my vote. And he's there just kicking the ball back in a bib, defending. And then Max Clark obviously with the defensive frailties that he, he not he's defending shown, for the 80 minutes. Missing, yeah, just missing tackle. So you, you just got to, you got to question the the, the the commitment uh, not you, you've got to question the commitment you've also got to, got to question the selection um, you've got to defend, question the coaching and Neil Hatley looks well out of his depth as oh, as, okay. as 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 head coach um, okay Tom well let, let, let's I come think, on I think as well just final thing I think as well 
that will probably be the a real turning point for some guys that that necessarily that you know that are still in the still in the squad for next season. I think we might see you know increased number of of guys heading off who may have got renewals um, g- given that effort, and we'll definitely see. I think now after that a change in leadership because it seems like the messaging has just gone completely stale. So the things that are going to change in the summer, and we let's be clear, we need a massive, massive rebuild, a complete overhaul of the whole situation. And the things that are confirmed to be changing are new head coach, new defence coach, new attack coach. And then I think Tom Dunn alluded to in an article today that there was a lot of new coaches and changes behind the scenes. I think he referred to the S&C coach, uh, nutrition coaches, the chef. That's all changing. Is that enough, though, Tom? Is that enough of a change to stop and turn around what has been the worst season in in in, in so in, in in long in memory for for us and for for many Bath fans? I would personally argue, Tom, that a massive change and the massive rebuild cannot happen if the head coach and the director of rugby, the two most influential people in the rugby department, remain at the club and. Neil Hatley and Stuart Hooper, and it's, you know, I know people at the club listen to the podcast and and they definitely shouldn't listen to this episode. And I don't know them at all, really, but are apparently really, really nice guys. Cannot stay at Bath Rugby next season if this turnaround is going to be successful. They, They just cannot. They... Whether they would be successful, Hatley, if he'd come in in this defense, in this forwards coach role, is completely irrelevant at this stage. The messaging has to change, and the two main people in the rugby department have to go. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go quite that far. I mean, to your question, so is is that change? How radical is that change? It's very radical. It's um, multiple senior positions in the club that are that are being replaced and and being being changed. I don't think you can just get rid of everything and then start for a blank sheet of paper. The, just, to, just to finish, the, the other points that you, you didn't mention, obviously a change in the, um, uh, you know, in the boardroom level with um, Bruce Craig kind of moving away and, and Ed Griffiths coming in. That's obviously a huge change at a very senior level. I think the other thing that we'll almost certainly see, as I mentioned, is a change in captaincy. So that's another, like a change in club captaincy from, from Charlie Yours. I think that's another thing that that will be addressed when Van Grand comes in and starts to build build his 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 team. On Hooper, I think I agree he's very very lucky to be around next season. Um, but I think, as we've said before, the extent of his day involvement I think will be much much less. He, you know, he's already been phased out. I think that will continue to happen, and he'll move closer to the boardroom and and away from the touchline. So, although he's retaining his title, I think the you know. In, in reality, the the role there day to day changes, and for Neil Hatley, you know, problem is there's no doubt doubting his his credentials as a coach. Not just his, not you say he's a nice guy, but there's also no doubting his, his credentials as a forwards coach. Clearly, he is massively out of ide- out of his depth as a head coach, out of ideas. But I think at this point in the season, with obviously a relatively short turnaround before the next preseason, we've committed now to this structure for next season, and we are making radical changes. As as you know, as, as as we've said, and you know, if he if he hadn't been up to his job uh, as as a forwards coach, he wouldn't have had the success at England, for example, that he has had. I just think that he should be given a chance as 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 forwards coach. I think it's been it's been obviously very clear that as a head coach with the inexperienced guys around him, he's been out of his depth. But um, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that. I think making that change now would do more harm than good. If, as you say, he he he's lost um, any that you know kind of the respect of the players at the club, then I think that will be rooted out fairly early on by by the guys that that, that are that are above him next year. I just think it's not it's not too late to make a decision because the the new season hasn't even begun. You know, this season hasn't even ended yet. I think at some point you have to say. Shit, we got that that wrong. And even though we made that announcement and, and in classic Bath Bath fashion of recent years, laid out this this grand plan, which which you know it, it now looks completely laughable in in my mind. I just I have not seen anything this season from most importantly the forward pack that tells me that Neil Hatley is doing a good job of coaching that forward pack. And if you have, then please tell me. But I think he's. I think. I think the answer is that he's. He's been stretched too thin. I think he's been. He's been. He's been expected to be running. We haven't had a defence coach most of the season. He's been expected to 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 be running that. Um, you know, he's obviously had had. We obviously had turnover as well with with um, attacking coach as well. So it's. I. I. I again. I. I I understand it, it's frustrating, and, and the buck has to stop with him. Now he is the day-to-day face of the the performances, and he faces the media, etc. And that that was a change that was made as well. He selects the team, etc. But I don't necessarily think the answer is always to 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 to, to, to fire someone. Um, and I think I still have I still have confidence that we have the right. We're making enough changes next season that we will see radical change. If, as I say, Hatley has lost the dressing room, has lost. The, the respects as well of the coaches around him, um, and 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 if he feels that he has nothing more to offer after it's got so bad with him as head coach, I think I think I think I think he will go. Maybe maybe he will announce that he wants to he wants something different. But forwards coach in an established coaching unit is very very different role to frankly cowboying as a as a head coach um, with you know coaches like Luke Charteris around him who have very very around mate. I know, and and the lineup again was just. I mean, one of the reasons we got nailed right, we we kept kicking for the corner, and it's always the case when you get that far behind that you want to go for the try. But wish we'd taken the points at well, that one moment, just that it wasn't nil. But the lineup again was 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 just shocking, wasn't it? And yeah, just very very dark, very very dark day. And I mean, as we've said before, just get the season over and done with now, please. And I think Hatley may, I think that this may cause further change. And I think Hatley may, may not be around this season. Looking at him and listening to the interview that he did with, with Bath Rugby's social media team after the game, I mean, he's got no idea what's the issue. Uh, and he's, he's completely lost. And sometimes as good as a forward, as good as someone kind of within the organisation may be, moving them back is just not the right option. They just have to be moved on. And, and it, for me, it's for the benefit of the club and, and for the benefit of Neil Hatley. And I think another of the, another member of the, the England coaching staff that he was a part of, Paul Gustard, exactly the same boat at Harlequins, undoubtedly a fantastic defence coach, Paul Gustard, not good enough as a, as a head coach, clearly. And, and, and kind of him stepping back into a defence coach at Harlequins would never have worked. And I just can't see how, how this works. And, 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 and that... Gustard went badly at Harlequins. This has gone like indescribably badly, and it's not new. It's it's not. This is not hire and fire culture. This is an established culture and coaching setup that he has established. 
and it is I'm actually I, I'm lost for words to describe how bad badly coached that team and that forward pack in particular look and have looked for the whole season now and that was just kind of the for me kind of the the climax and and, and just so much was exposed in, in on Saturday Let, let's see how it plays I think the Harlequin situation is 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 different but um, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it plays out with uh, with Neil Hatley the other thing I was going to add was and I mentioned it at the start with with Tom Dunn kind of essentially shouting at Stuart Hooper. I think it's just rather than at him, his frustrations at kind of in his direction and Hooper not offering much in return, um, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps unsurprisingly. And it sounded like to me that he is essentially just blaming other players and blaming people not doing what they've, they've tried to improve and, and they've tried to work on. And he put a post out, which essentially to, 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 that, to, that, to that effect... And I think that's probably the other thing that's happening in the dressing room is that players are starting, particularly the players that are staying, are probably starting to feel real frustration with some of the players, particularly probably those guys that are leaving, that don't seem to be putting in the the effort, putting in the performances that that that, that they should be with the, the the quality of some of those guys. So I think it's probably turning into a, a deeply toxic environment. And I think the the, the summer break from all perspectives, fans, players, coaches, um, the club, because we are podcasters. Yeah, Jesus. Because the club is 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 really sinking to, to new new lows now. And we can hang on to 1998, um, you know, and, and past silverware that we've had essentially before the professional era. But this is the here and now. And it's, it's not been good enough for a number of years. And um, something needs to change because uh, I think I've said this before. If you're a, if you're a you know, a, a uh, young, young, aspiring rugby player growing up in the um, in the southwest area, and you watch that game. Who, which, which club are you gonna? Which club are you gonna start getting behind? And, and those, those are the supporters. Those are the players of the future. So it's dark times, and we need the summer. G. We do need the summer, Tom, and and some of the guys who will be leaving in the summer as, as we touch on this quickly. Well, one of them not officially announced by the club. Should we, should we, before we go on, do you just want to say a few words about the the, the day and the shed? Yeah, I mean, I was going to come on to it at the end. You know, I was going to try and spin spin positive at the end, Tom. But but yeah, absolutely. I, I thought we undenied, didn't we, for, for for a few days about whether we should go. I know. Well, no, you you talked me into it a long last. So I should be getting a full a full refund. I'll take I'll get a full refund of a ticket and a pound a point, please. Uh, yeah, I did. I absolutely did talk you into it. And yeah, after, after speaking so negative about how it was going to go on last week's podcast. It was miraculous that I managed to do so. Um, but despite losing 64-0, and it, I can't actually believe I'm saying this, we did have an absolutely cracking day out. Um, and I don't know whether because the game was never kind of in doubt or, or whether that's just what they're like, but the, the, the atmosphere within the shed was, was exceptional. And I'm talking both the atmosphere in terms of noise, um, getting behind their own team, we arrived, we thought, oh, we'll get into the ground early, have a couple, get into the shed. You know, we like to watch the warm-ups. We got in probably an hour, 45 minutes before kickoff. The shed is packed, which is incredible support and, and kind of they're all getting behind their team and, 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 and actually being pretty gracious in, 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 in victory to us, which, yeah, I thought was outstanding. And whether it's always like that, I'm not sure. But, but what we experienced on, on Saturday was, was, was absolutely superb and, and both the pre- and post-match um, post-match antics, I guess you'd describe it, in and around the grounds were, were, were just superb. 
this is a proper rugby club, isn't it? Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. you get there. There's standing terraces in um, two of the three, two of the four sides, which I actually really like. I think it just means that people mingle, people people talk, as you say, people go there earlier because they want to get position rather than just getting to their seats. Sometimes at the rec, the game's already started, and yeah, like you like you say, just people were obviously very very partisan, which is what you want, but in a in a nice way, in a um, you know in, in a friendly way. And yeah, I think one of the Gloucester fans, uh, staunch Gloucester fans, um, uh, older bloke that said he'd been going to the shed for 30 years. And he, he, he said to me that in all that time of watching, watching Gloucester play rugby, he doesn't think that Gloucester have ever given away uh, a penalty that should have stood. Every single one of them in that time <laughs> has, been a, has been a refereeing error. And, you know, it's that kind of part of Sam. Um, that, that kind of that kind of <laughs> one-sidedness, one-eyedness that uh, uh, that that, that you, you've got to get behind him. That just makes for a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe maybe he should start a podcast. You you were certainly enjoying the, the company of some of the Gloucester fans around after about 20, 20 minutes, and the other two guys we were with as well. And there's a few, a couple of photos of us four in the shed. Um, with you three all having an absolutely fantastic time and I look unbelievably grumpy, um, which, yeah, probably sums it up, mate. It just meant I could turn around and, and, and not have to watch the rugby, to be honest. <laughs> not, and not listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, one guy who was particularly getting eored by the shed um, in the warm-up and, and not so much during the game because, because frankly, he was completely anonymous, was Danny Cipriani. And in true Danny Cipriani style, has announced he is leaving Bath without the club announcing it themselves. An Instagram post before the Gloucester game saying that he was going to be his last few games in England and he was off to explore a new adventure with some bullshit quote about how timing is everything. Um, timing on Saturday from him was shocking and I, I think ends one of the one of the worst signings in, in, in memory. Yeah, again, I probably wouldn't go that far. I think I'm he, so angry with him. I can't. I think, I think he, I think, look, he was kind of brought in, you remember all the noise the club made about him being, you know, um, a flagship signing. I think it was something that Stuart Hooper really put his name against, which people forget. I think, you know, Hooper probably all, or at that point probably expected that he'd be around for a couple of years and then maybe would start to transition into into more of a coaching role. Ultimately, he's only made eight starts in th- th- this season so far. He, I think, has been unlucky with having the the, the breaks that he had from injury. He did, he did not look at the races at all, particularly physically in the early games he played for Bath. Then he had, you know, extended extended break a few few months. I think he was back, back for one game with concussion. Which is which is never easy, right? Particularly when you're you're probably not quite match fit, and then and then coming back, he's shown a little bit more the, of what he can do, but ultimately he's just not been the the, the signing that was expected by a lot of Bath rugby fans um, and by a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know the, the, the coaches. I didn't think he'd he'd be a success, not for the the reasons that have have turned out. Um, but I mean, the silver lining is that look. Orlando Bailey has had a bit of a, a breakthrough season in 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 his absence, which which may not have happened otherwise. Um, and I think it's, it's it's definitely the right move for us to us uh, uh, us to move him on. I think I don't think he's 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 going to be adding much on on a on a on a on a rugby field of Premiership standard. Um, you know now he, now now he's at the stage of career that he's in. He's going to the, he's going 
it's in the US, it's me, I think. That's that's what the latest thing is. Yeah, I'm actually furious with him, so I won't say any more about, about Danny Cipriani on, on this podcast again. Um, the guy who, who looks to be brought in to replace him, Tom, is Pierre Francis, um, who has signed from Gloucester, uh, from Northampton, sorry, uh, and he will be joining us from, from, the, from the next season and, and looks to be slotting into that backup 10 role with Jan Schumann also leaving. And, and we'll probably mm. touch more on Francis as we look ahead into, into next season and, and, and kind of look ahead into, the, into what we've brought in and, and when we get a clearer picture of, of any more um, arrivals at Farley House. And I, and I think what will be absolutely fascinating is, is the departures from Farley House in, in the playing squad. We know of a few, um, but we don't know of nearly enough yet to, to balance the squad. And I think that will be coming in the, in, the, in the coming days. And I wonder whether Saturday had an impact on that or, or whether, whether it didn't. But, but yeah, it was truly a dark day and, and, a, and a dark day for Bath fans who have been supporting the club for, for um, you know, all their lives like we have, Tom. But one of those that, that we have to stick through it. And, and as we always say, through through thick and thin on, on this podcast and, and as a Bath fan and it will ultimately get better and it will be experiences like that that can't get worse mate can't get worse at this point <laughs> I don't know well we actually probably aren't favourites to be bottom of the table so it probably no. could get worse but yeah, two games no. left we play London Irish and Worcester and Worcester only got one game left and that's obviously against us so yeah. Yeah, we, we may not finish bottom. We absolutely deserve to finish bottom. We deserve to go down. Um, but when when it when when we turn it around, you know, whenever that is, Gloucester away will will will, will be one of those days we look back on as 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 you know strengthening or 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 yeah, increasing that in in that that kind of desire to to get to the top. Yeah, if it doesn't if it doesn't kill you, then um, then it then it makes you stronger. But um, I felt I felt partially dead from a from a from a bar point of view many 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 times this season. Yeah, and I think as well. I think as well. Like you know, second bottom now. After that, I think we'll feel a little bit hollow almost. I don't, I don't know why. I felt like we were chasing it. I, I agree. I feel like we we probably deserve to finish bottom, and it kind of makes the fast of the league a bit, doesn't it? That it doesn't even really matter. You know, if they're a relegation, as you said earlier. You'd, you'd expect that, that that we'd be showing a, a bit more fight, but it doesn't, apart from pride, and obviously our pride can't really take much more of a beating right now. There's, 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 you know, there's, there's not really much, much else to it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the league structure as it is doesn't really make for, 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 you know, competitive or consequential rugby when you're at the bottom, the bottom of the league right now. And I think you can see that in some of the players. Two games left, Tom. couple more podcasts to go. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Thank you so much, listeners, for sticking with us. Apologies for the delay in getting this podcast out. But, but yeah, if you think I'm angry now, then, as I said earlier, you, you know, there was a few harsher words on, on Saturday night, um, which, which Tom was privileged to, and I'm sure he doesn't want me to repeat on what we try and sell as a, as a family podcast. But thank you for listening. And as I always say, stick behind the boys through thick and thin. No rugby this weekend. Munster to lose. Um, in the in the, in the European Champions Cup, that would be an absolute cracker. So sit back, watch some proper rugby. Watch what? Yeah, watch some proper rugby and enjoy the rugby. But stick. Last last it. last question, G. I think last week we 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 were we were talking about can the thicker scale have a have a have a negative reading? Um, do you think it can after that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe 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 we. Before. 
Yeah, maybe we could call it the donkey reading. Um, there were plenty of eors reading uh, ring out for, for for various various players and various stuff that happened during that game. And I think I think the eor the eor rating for for, for the Victor scale just in, in negative territory for the first time. But you know we continue to smile, albeit through increasingly gritted teeth. Um, and um, yeah, we'll we'll get through we'll get through these last two, and then we will be. We'll be looking at a new squad. We'll be looking at a new new coaching setup. Looking ahead to next season and um, and, and bat ready to give it bat ready to give it give it our best shot once again. Cheers, mate. Stick behind the boys. Stick and thin. Have a good week.